recognize your fragrance. Hold up, you ain't never gotta say. And I know you taste this a little bit, mmm, high maintenance, mm. Everybody else basic, you live life on an everyday basis With poetic justice, poetic justice If I told you that a flower bloomed in a dark room, would you trust it? I mean, I write poems in these songs, dedicated to you when You're in the mood for empathy, it's blood in my pen Better yet with your friends and them I really wanna know you all, I really wanna show you off Pour up plenty of champagne. Cold nights when you curse this name. You called up your girlfriends and your cold in that little It is week five. DFS MVP Holden Kushner and 4for4.com's director of DFS, TJ Hernandez. TJ, we got is this little Kendrick Lamar? Is that what's going on here? Yeah, man. We've been throwing it way, way back, so I figured we would uh come back with a modern classic. Poetic Justice from Kendrick Lamar's album Good Kid Mad City. Uh, as always, you can find that intro as well as all of our fantastic intros on the DFS MVP Spotify playlist. All you have to do is go to Spotify, search DFS MVP, two words, or go on my Twitter. I'm always tweeting out the link to the playlist along with the link to the podcast. Before we get into everything today, Fantasy Draft is the only rake-free daily fantasy site. It's bringing the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooters main event, the largest and only rake-free contest of its kind that you'll find for week five. Remember, only on Fantasy Draft are 100% of entry fees paid to contest winners. Sign up at fantasydraft.com with promo code 4 for 4 that's the number 4 F O R the number 4 and you'll get a free 7-day trial membership. Oh, before we move on to the actual talk here. Do you yeah. know Chris Jamino with Roto Grinders? I do. Um he's a big fan of the show and he said that uh he too was part of the uh, East Coast West Coast rap battle. <laughs> okay, I'll hit him up. All right. I don't right, think anyone's more white than him either. Uh <laughs> just shout out to Chris. Nice. But, uh, shout out yeah. to and all the RG dudes. Shout out. I love them. I love working with them, but um, that was pretty funny. Yeah, you know, the guy great. never hit me up about anything he listened to. And then all of a sudden I get this thing. Hey, man, West Coast, East Coast, West Coast rap. I said, all right, all right. Maybe we should just talk music for an hour. We can do we can have a big rap battle at uh, FSTA this year. Is that where is it, by the way? Uh, Vegas. It's going down this year. When is it? Uh, Feb- first week of February, I believe. I might actually be there the, again this year. So Yeah. Vegas, no. battle? Yeah, no, uh, no camera phones allowed in Vegas. Oh boy. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we got our week five plays. This is a cool game theory that you came up with this week. Early season regression candidates. Yeah, the only thing I don't understand is positive regression. That's a complete oxymoron. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, I guess we should be using the term progression, but uh, people know what we're talking about, and regression is a, uh, it's a, it's people know what the word means. Uh, so yes, semantically we're we're incorrect, but uh, my articles <laughs> for the past five years have said it, so I'm not changing it. <laughs> Sign up now with the DFS. MVP, that code, 25% off the DFS sub only. DFS MVP, 25% off DFS sub only. Rate review t-shirt giveaway. Leave a five-star review. Automatically entered in to win a comfy t-shirt. Who wins it this week? The best t-shirt in the fantasy game goes to Jesus860. That's G-E-E-Z-U-S, not the Jesus, but Jesus with a G. Yeah, if it was another, the the Jesus, I think we'd have more followers, but uh, it's not that one. (laughs) It's uh, Jesus860. <laughs> so hit me up uh, on Twitter at TJ Hernandez, Jesus with a G, and we'll get you the details for that free swaggy 4 for 4 t-shirt. Good to hear Jesus likes DFS. That's what it's yeah, all man. about, baby. Yep. Um, 
Also, while you're at 444.com, check out the uh, two pods that you may not have heard of. My pod that comes out every morning, Monday through Friday. Once in a while, I miss a day. Uh, we've got a good one coming out on Thursday and Friday, too. It's called Fantasy First. Basically, it's under nine minutes, and I give you all the fantasy football news so you don't have to read it. Make sure you check out Ship Chasing, too, which is pretty cool, covering high-stakes fantasy football leagues. If you're in high stakes, or maybe you can pick up some tips from these guys, too, for season long. Uh, so let's get into it. Here's what we do every week during the regular season for new listeners. We touch on a few of our core plays at every position on the main slate. We have a theory segment. We're going to get into quarterbacks right now. We're going to start in that Houston-Atlanta game. See, I, I kind of like the other side of this, but you're going Deshaun Watson. I can't argue against it, but mm. at 8000 on FanDuel, 6700 on DK, you will be paying up for him. Yeah, so the uh, we, we really don't have like a lot of slam dunk values at quarterback this week. I actually like um, paying down for quarterback when I can, but it's a little ugly when we get towards the, the bottom of the middle tier. And definitely uh, if we go all the way down in pricing, I haven't built a lot of, of um, lineups on DraftKings yet, but I have started building on FanDuel. And the value looks like it's going to be at wide receiver with a couple mid-tier uh, running backs. So I, I think probably with a little bit of value there, you can pay up for running back. Uh, Watson, 8,000 FanDuel, 6,700 DraftKings versus the Falcons, as you mentioned. This is probably one of the more stackable games as far as uh, opposing passing games go. So uh, we'll talk a little bit on the other side there. But uh, as far as the Texans side of the ball goes, they do have the third highest projected point total projected for 27 points. Their home favorites, which is always something that you're uh, looking for from your quarterback. You want that positive game script. You don't want a situation where the opposing defense could just pin their ears back and get after the passer. Uh, right now, despite his price, we have Deshaun Watson on 4 for 4 projected as a top three value on both sites. He's our top value on FanDuel at quarterback. Uh, if you have subscribed to 4 for 4 before uh, or listened to the show, you're familiar with schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed. If you're not, uh, basically we take fantasy points allowed and adjust it for strength of schedule so we can get a, a clearer view of how teams actually perform against each position. Right Right now, when adjusted for strength of schedule, the Falcons rank 22nd against quarterbacks. Uh, and the, the reason I like this side of it is because one of the, the big worries about Deshaun Watson um, as a cash game quarterback is that he takes so many sacks and this offensive line has uh, been done such a bad job at protecting him that this offense is always going to have a pretty wide range of outcomes. Atlanta has the seventh lowest adjusted sack rate, according to football outsiders. So that kind of alleviates some of those concerns about that pressure on Watson, which is why I like him this week. Uh, Falcons have the fourth highest neutral passing rate. So that's going to uh, obviously give a little bit of nod to their side, but what it should do is kind of, uh, have an uptick in tempo on both sides. If Falcons are throwing a lot, um, if they can get into a back and forth, that obviously uh, is good for the prospects of Deshaun Watson and the uh, the Houston passing game. And when we get into the receivers, I'll, I'll expand on why I like the, the matchups beyond just uh, for Watson as well. Well, I like the other side of this too, yeah. Matt Ryan, and probably more on DraftKings though, mm -hmm. because he's $800 less. Yep. Um, it's 6,700 versus 5,900. And then it's, he's only $300 less than Deshaun Watson on Fandle, which is fine. But, um, I really like him on DraftKings. Yeah, this Atlanta offense, I think they're averaging like 17 and a half points per game. They stink right now. I mean, yeah. they're not good, but his floor has really been around 20 points. And I'm talking yep. about Matt Ryan. So he has a floor there. 
We know that the Houston secondary is a disaster. So I actually, I prefer Ryan a little bit more on DraftKings than I do Watson. But I think if you're on FanDuel and you got the 300 extra dollars, I think you got to go Watson. What do you think of Ryan? Yeah, I like I said, I think this is this is a game I want both sides of. Um, again, I, I started on FanDuel this week, so because of that, um, I, I was a little more on Watson. But like you said, on DraftKings, you're getting a, a pretty big discount. Uh, Matt Ryan is one of the quarterbacks that uh, has at least 20 fantasy points. I'm looking at FanDuel here. Uh, in three of his four games, only five passers in the league have done that so far. Uh, Lamar Jackson's the only one with at least 20 in all four. So, yeah, you're right. He has given you a good floor. Uh, over 300 yards in uh, every single game. I don't think he threw a touchdown last week, which is the first time he didn't have a multi-touchdown game. His interception rate is, is high. One of the problems with this offense is Matt Ryan has been turning it over. That has a lot to do with pressure in his face so that is a concern um but like i said the the texans have similar concerns uh they just get after the passer the texans do a little bit better quite actually a lot better than the falcons do so that's probably the tiebreaker there for me is the defensive lines all right then we got tom brady against the redskins mm-hmm. 7600 fandle 6500 dk i really have been locking in on him uh, yeah. on fandle he's cheaper than Matt Ryan, as a matter of fact, which is quite interesting. Just real mm-hmm. quick before we get to the Patriots side. I mean, Jay Gruden did say that he has no plan at quarterback right now. Now, <laughs> now listen, so he goes, and I'm listening to this uh, press conference from Fantasy First, and he goes, I never said that. Well, I hit up um, Nora Princiati. She covers the Patriots. I said, Nora, he said he didn't. Get, come on, confirm this for me. She sends me a transcript nice. of it, and he actually did say it, and now he's going back on it. The Redskins are a disaster. If if the I think the line's only like 16 and a half. If the Patriots don't win this by at least 27 points, mm-hmm. I would be shocked. Here's the deal, though. Tom Brady, awesome. Fine, he's got a floor. Who's he going to throw it to? So I, I don't know right. about who I'm going to pair him with, but who cares? We're talking about cash. Tom Brady's right at the top of the list, isn't he? Yeah, I'm I'm going back on my word a little bit here because uh, a couple times this year already, especially in blowout scenarios, I've said that I'm uh, a little cautious about the Patriots offense just because of how much they spread it around and, and you're liable to uh, have a situation where the, um, the running backs kind of vulture a lot of uh, uh, scores and Brady doesn't quite have that ceiling game. Um, he's proved me wrong because he's right there with Matt Ryan as one of those top floor guys, one of the five quarterbacks with at least 20 Fanduel points in three or four games. So uh, he's been getting it done, and this is as good of a spot as any for Tom Brady in this passing game. New England has the highest implied point total on the main slate, just over 29. Uh, I believe that's moved down a bit. Maybe it's 29 even. It was at 22, uh, 29 and a quarter, but regardless, they're, they're right there neck and neck with the Eagles for the highest implied point total. Uh, favored by 15 or 16 depending on where you look uh, and this if you're going to get it done against I mean you could get it done against Washington however you want really um, but it's it's primarily been through the air uh, when we look at how teams have attacked this defense they've allowed the third most fantasy points per pass attempt which is uh, something that I really like to look at when I'm looking for who to target because I'm looking for efficiency not necessarily volume and uh, this is kind of a tangent but why Tampa Bay not, might not be as bad as they they look as in terms of a a uh passing defense but when when you could find fantasy points per attempt it's kind of encompassing everything it's encompassing your completion rate your uh yards per attempt and obviously your touchdowns so that per attempt number is something i i 
I uh, draw on a lot. If we adjust for strength of schedule, uh, Miami's 27th against quarterbacks, and they've allowed the second highest touchdown rate to opposing passers. Uh, so uh, uh, obviously great floor here for Brady. He already has two 300-yard games through uh, four games, so that's something that you're definitely looking for on DraftKings, and you're getting him down at 6,500. So if you can get a, a 300-yard passer at um, a little bit of a discount to the Lamar Jackson and, and the Deshaun Watson, that's a good thing. All right, let's move on to running back, man. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, your eyes should be going to him first. 8,800 FanDuel, 8,300 on DraftKings. There's just so much working in his favor. I think that they were really working him in there. And if you look at the snap rates, I mean, you're going to see that Pollard's there. But he's back. I mean, it's time they're going to run him down the Packers' throats. Um, The Packers... You know, this is a team that has a decent or an above average, I would say, pass defense. But um, I would be shocked if Ezekiel Elliott wasn't one of the top three or four scoring running backs this week. I'd be shocked if that didn't happen. Yeah, there's always going to be variance in in football, but um, running back is a position that we can usually project most confidently. The touches are going to be there. The touch shares are going to be there. And I mean... Zeke is is the lock button uh, this week for a lot of reasons. You're getting him at a big discount to Christian McCaffrey, who I'm not saying fade, but you're getting him $300 cheaper on FanDuel. Uh, I believe it is $400 cheaper on DraftKings. So Zeke at 88, FanDuel 83 on DraftKings. Uh, the, the Cowboys are home favorites. You mentioned looking at snap count. Uh, this is a really good example of why you have to be really careful about looking at season long numbers or, uh, just looking at, at box scores or, or snap counts. Because if you're really looking at Zeke's numbers, uh, when there's even close to neutral game scripts, uh, 82 of the backfield touches, uh, three weeks ago, uh, 100% of the backfield touches last week. That snap count with Pollard is obviously really weighted by week one when they're easing Zeke in, and then uh, week three when they were in uh, blowout mode. So really, Zeke is going to be that 85 to 100% uh, touch share guy. You mentioned the Packers. uh, So far, a a really good fantasy defense against the pass, probably uh, showing a little bit better than they are in real life, but they are still as far as adjusted fantasy points goes, a team that looks like they're going to be funneling a ton of work to the running backs right now. They're fourth against quarterbacks when adjusted for strength of schedule, first against wide receivers, but 31st against running backs. And they've really only faced one uh, workhorse back. So if you look at it on a player level, you're not going to see any big games pop outside of Dalvin Cook, who totaled 191 yards. But as a group, every backfield against the Packers has totaled at least 130 yards. Uh, in the last three games, at least 191 yards like Dalvin had. Uh, two of those went over 200 total yards as a total backfield. So if it's even relatively close and Zeke is seeing that 90% backfield touch share uh, against the Packers, he's liable to uh, have a, a smash spot right here. All right, so then there's David Johnson. Yeah. I got to tell you, I see David Johnson's name and I cringe. I know. And- you know, he's just not the same player he was a couple of years ago. And it, it, there might be other reasons why besides for his talent. Maybe he's just not as quick, though. Maybe maybe he's not being put in the same situations. I don't know what it is. But he's 6,800 on FanDuel. He's 7,500 on DraftKings. He has scored two touchdowns, one rushing, one receiving. And really at that price on FanDuel, I like it more than DraftKings. At 6,800 on FanDuel, what, if he gets you 18 points 
I guess you could say he's okay. I'm not. Can you sell me on David Johnson, please? I mean, the thing that we're looking for um, is game script of verse running backs. And Johnson has seen 17 touches in three or four games. The thing that I'm really looking at here, he's seen uh, at least nine targets in each of his last two games, saw seven targets in the first game. So they're involving him a lot in the passing game. Uh, Christian Kirk is going to be out this week. So that's going to have ramifications across the entire offense, but it could be a positive for Johnson, even if it's only one or two more targets. If you have a running back that can flirt with double digit targets, uh, it's that's really, really hard to find. On Fandle, where we just don't have a lot of spots that you're going to be comfortable paying all the way down because it's not full PPR, whereas on DraftKings, you could take some punt guys that are just floor plays with the PPR scoring. Uh, he's cheaper. He's running back 11, so we want a little bit better value there, and he offers that. Um, on DraftKings, you're paying a little bit of a premium as the RB5, but like I mentioned, he has double-digit target upside, so we saw him almost get a 100-yard bonus just through the air last week. That is a very big positive for for a running back. And then Cincinnati, this is a game that uh, people are going to be looking to the passing games a lot. And for good reason, both teams throw a lot, both teams um, run a pretty quick pace, but they're also pretty sloppy. Uh, so it, I don't know if it'll fly under the radar, but Cincinnati is last in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. So a great matchup for Johnson. Uh, the Cardinals are slight dogs, I believe, but it's only a three point spread. So this game could really go either way. Yeah, and, and like you mentioned, I mean, the Bengals are a pass-first team now. It really is incredible. And we'll get to the Bengals' running game just a little mm -hmm. bit. The other thing for the Cardinals is their wide receivers are down. I mean, they're down Christian Kirk. They're down Demir Bird. Yep. So you're going with Trent Sherfield and Keyshawn Johnson and Andy Isabella. I mean, mm -hmm. I got to tell you, that doesn't excite me too much. So maybe Johnson does get a little bit more work. Only other guy I want to talk about, and last week was the first time I didn't have him in my cash game lineups, was Dalvin Cook. I mean, you, you, we got him at such a great discount across yeah. all sites the first three weeks. This week, he's I mean, he's probably going to be a tournament guy for me. I will consider him in cash, too, because I'll, I got to get Ezekiel Elliott in there. But 8.4K DK, 8.2K on FanDuel. I mean, Dalvin Cook is as good as anybody right now at putting up fantasy points. He's got a floor. I prefer Zeke, but I do wonder if there's a chance that I could stuff him in with Zeke on FanDuel. Uh, the... You can. You definitely can. I've already built lineups with both of them. The only reason I didn't uh, include Dalvin here, who I did include in my FanDuel write-up, is because I just I just have to pick one. We usually only give two running backs per week in this space. But, uh, I mean, Zeke, Dalvin, CMC, I'm not going to fault anybody for um, playing any of those three running backs in cash games pretty much any week. Dalvin Cook, uh, top five in... Uh, percent of team touches this is obviously going to be one of the most run heavy teams in the league the vikings are and you can fit them together uh zeke and dalvin cook the the issue at least on Fanduel, is you're going to be a little bit hard pressed to find a pump play to make that fit um it does work there are a few options but it's not something that you can jam in and and you feel like it's a slam dunk there is a little bit of concern. I don't think that the Vikings are all of a sudden going to uh, turn into the Chiefs or something, but there was a, a lot of complaining last week uh, from Adam Thielen about this team not getting it done through the air. Kirk Cousins addressed it, said he wants to fix that. They have a lot of opportunities, miss, uh, missed shots, and they're playing a really bad giant secondary. So 
Um, Dalvin Cook's still going to get a ton of work. He's still going to be the workhorse. They should still be in positive game script against the Giants. Um, but that is something to think about. With all that being said, if I can get Dalvin and Zeke in together, I'm, I'm probably doing it. My bad for hijacking this and bringing in extra players into it. No, like, man. I, don't, well, I love bouncing stuff off you. Yeah, and I for think sure. the listeners like hearing about it too. So let's go to wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. Nook has been quiet uh, for the most part. This We've already talked about this Houston-Atlanta game. We yep. both think points are going to be put up. He's 8,500 on FanDuel. He's 7,800 on DraftKings. And I think he's a guy that, you know, if you, if you don't want to go with doubt with two high price running backs on FanDuel, then he's Hopkins has to be a core play, and he's probably a core play on DraftKings no matter what. Yeah, there are um, enough values at if you go with say like Zeke, a couple mid tier backs, um, and then uh, and then mid price to punt uh, wide receivers as your wide receiver two and wide receiver three, you can get to DeAndre Hopkins with Zeke. Uh, it's, it's going to be tough to do it with, uh, as a third expensive player, but he does grade out as our top value on both sides, on both sites, FanDuel and DraftKings at the position, uh, despite his price tag, I already kind of went over why I think this, this game has a lot of, uh, fantasy football scoring equity from a passing perspective. And DeAndre Hopkins is a guy that he's seeing, uh, at least from a target share perspective, as much uh, volume as we would expect from him. 29% target share is top five in the league. The target volume is just okay. His uh, nine targets per game ranks 14th. But this is one of those weeks where that 29% target share could translate into 12 or 13 targets just because of the flow of this game. And the reason that I especially like Hopkins in this spot and really just this entire passing game is because uh, they're the one thing that Houston does that I like, which isn't a lot considering their offense, but one thing they do do is move all their receivers around a lot. DeAndre Hopkins spends almost equal time left, uh, right, and then a little bit less time in the slot, but all between like 28 and 35%. And Atlanta has two cornerbacks that rank in the bottom 13 in fantasy points per target allowed. As a team, they've allowed the fourth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers lined up in the slot. So basically, whatever matchup they choose to exploit, and assuming that's going to uh, depend on who DeAndre Hopkins is batched up best with because he's their number one wide receiver, they're going to have a spot to exploit it no matter where they put him. So I really like that for him, for Will Fuller, and for uh, Deshaun Watson. There's just lots of ways to attack this Atlanta passing defense. Yeah, I want to get back to um, Arizona's pass catchers in just a second, kind of go out of order and get to Cortland Sutton because I'm Mm -hmm. glad you put him in the mix here. 5,700 FanDuel, 4,900 DraftKings. So you got Sutton at 57 on on um, Fanduel, Sanders at 50, Emmanuel Sanders 56, and then Will Fuller 57. And I, I yep. think if you're looking at that price range, you're gonna have to figure out you know which one you want. Will yeah. Fuller basically has to catch a 60 yard pass this week to get in the end yep. zone. That, you know, it's time for that. He just missed a huge touchdown last week. Um, you're gonna make the case here for Sutton over Emmanuel Sanders. So let's do it here. 5700 Fanduel, 4900 DraftKings. Broncos wide receiver Cortland Sutton against the Chargers. It, it might feel like uh, chasing points a little bit after his two touchdown games. Him and, and Manny Sanders are pretty much neck and neck in terms of targets. Uh, Sutton has seen seven targets in every game, eight and three of four. If we look at their per game averages, they're pretty close. But uh, I believe Manny Sanders had one game with only four targets. The Chargers ranked 23rd in 
wide receiver adjusted fantasy points allowed as underdogs. The Broncos should be in a pass heavy game script. Uh, the thing that kind of breaks the tie for me is Casey Hayward has been shadowing and the assumption that is he's going to travel with Manny Sanders. And if that ends up being the case, then I think it's pretty clear that uh, we want Sutton because Casey Hayward's really the only cornerback that's, that's uh, been playing well for the Chargers. And then this is the aforementioned Cardinals receivers. Again, no Demir Bird, mm-hmm. uh, no Christian Kirk. These are their second and third in targets and, and snap rate and everything else. So good old Larry Fitzgerald, 5,800 uh, on FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings. Priced up a little bit on DraftKings now, isn't he? And, Priced up uh, a little bit. Yeah, Keyshawn Johnson, 4,600 FanDuel, basically min-priced, 3,500 on DraftKings. I mean, as, as low as you could go there. Johnson's a really interesting one here. Fitzgerald is the guy that I feel most comfortable with, but – Keyshawn Johnson, I would not be surprised if he got the second most targets this week. Sure. You you definitely need uh, scoring equity on FanDuel, and I don't know if we get that from Johnson. Uh, you can make up for it with volume on DraftKings, and I think he has a chance to get that there. Uh, I mean, he's obviously uh, going to be a high-risk play just because he hasn't got a lot of work. He's got a lot of snaps, not a lot of work because the Cardinals have really been filtering their passes to the middle of the field. It's either been their two slot receivers. Remember, they're pretty much running four wide all the time, meaning Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk have been in the slot. And then if it hasn't been going to one of those two guys, it's been going to David Johnson, just a few passes to the outside. Uh, so obviously with Christian Kirk out, he's vacating a 23% target share. That's pretty much exactly where Fitzgerald's at right now. So we have Fitzgerald as a top five val- value on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I think he's kind of the no-brainer. You could see a situation where he gets close to like a 30% target share in this game. Um, the the interesting thing and the reason I'm, I'm going towards Keyshawn Johnson as the wide receiver to target here is because he and Demir Bird have been playing on the outside. Demir Bird's out. All of a sudden, like everyone was thinking it's going to be Andy Isabella, who they drafted uh, this year, going into the slot. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury came out and said Farrell Cooper, who they signed to be a kick returner, is going to be their second slot guy. So that's like re- I don't know what Andy Isabella did to Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's family, but uh, he's not he's like their like backup uh, outside wide receiver for this game. So like basically their wide receiver five, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, so it looks like Keyshawn Johnson is going to be the guy that should step in and see the second most targets because he has been playing the most snaps. And to address the concern that the Cardinals and Kyler Murray have been kind of forcing targets to the slot, uh, one thing that I notice is that teams that have been facing the Bengals, they've been concentrating their targets to Drake Kirkpatrick, who's their outside left cornerback. He's been targeted at the third highest rate among all cornerbacks that are starting this week. So while Johnson has been kind of stationary on the left side and Drake Kirkpatrick is stationary on the opposite side, it would make sense that since Keyshawn Johnson is their most experienced, at least in terms of playing time uh, this year, that they would move him to that side and take advantage of that Drake Kirkpatrick matchup. That's a nice nugget right there, buddy. I like it. Uh, let's move on to tight end, Zach Ertz. Uh, we want more out of Zach Ertz. Come on, mm-hmm, especially mm-hmm. in season long. Let's go, man. Come on, get going. Uh, 6,600 FanDuel, 6,000 on DraftKings, taking on the Jets this week. Um, man, can you trust Zach Ertz to put up a big game this week? That's what we want. If you're paying that much at, at tight end, I want a big game. 
I think so. I'll give you a little bit of a preview of the uh, the theory segment and say that Zach Ertz is uh, early season touchdown regression candidate. I'll, I'll get into the details there, but basically he's he's getting too much production to not uh, see his scoring regress a little bit. We know that he has um, big game value because we've. I mean, he's the best pass catcher, the, the going to be the most targeted uh, player in this offense by the end of the year. So he's going to get his work uh, at tight end just from a um, kind of a zoomed out point of view. Like we have four or five guys bunched in kind of a similar price range and there aren't really any more pump plays. Like there just aren't any good tight ends after the top four or five guys. So what I'm looking for is uh, scoring equity and positive game script things that people tend to overlook for tight end. And with the Eagles projected for 29 points favored by two touchdowns, uh, that's, that's a really good spot. Uh, for tight ends. So unless you're you're like on DraftKings, you want to save a little bit of money and, and go to Darren Waller, which is fine. Um, on FanDuel, I think the pricing so close that I'm going to go with that scoring upside and Ertz and this really good game script for the uh, Eagles. All right, I'm a little gun shy on Mark Andrews now. He mm-hmm. scored last week, but again, that foot injury has really limited him getting yep. separation and breaking off downfield. He's going up against the Steelers. You know, this is in the old days when these two teams would play 16, 13 games. Um, we're expected to be a higher scoring game. Vegas feels the same way. So Mark Andrews at the Steelers, why this week? Uh, because he's he's seeing volume. Uh, and on DraftKings, you're getting him at, at a discount compared to the top guys. We saw his price drop a little bit because uh, his production hasn't been great in the past couple of weeks. Like you said, he did score last week, but the week before that put up a little bit of a dud. So now we get him sub 5K on DraftKings. On FanDuel, he's uh, bunched up with those $6,000 guys. So you don't have to take a swing at him there. You can go uh, Waller or Ertz. But on, on DK, uh, where he's getting the volume, I like it. He's the only tight end uh, besides Kelsey and Ertz with at least 300 air yards. So he's still stretching the field. That's what we want from him. And he's seen the volume. Uh, he didn't turn it into big games the last couple of weeks, but he's seen seven targets in every game. Saw eight targets again last week for the third time this season. Uh, and he's fourth at the position in target share. I talked about last week looking for these offenses that have concentrated passing attacks. And between uh, Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, the Ravens have that. They're um, a team with a quarterback that's been thrown in efficiently. They, uh, in general, in a regular game script, aren't going to throw as much as some of the other teams with efficient quarterbacks. But with that concentrated pass game, you don't necessarily need it. So I'm, I'm fine uh, taking the discount on Andrews this week. You just want to throw out Jimmy Graham real mm-hmm. quick. I think he's 5,500 yep. on FanDuel. I didn't even see him on DraftKings. I'm not really... Uh, 43 on DK. All right. I, I'm not considering him over there. Um, I'm just thinking, you know, end zone, and that is where Aaron Rodgers wants yep. to look for him. And I was telling you last week, yeah, everybody knew they wanted to get the ball to Devontae Adams, but Rodgers was saying, I want to get Jimmy Graham involved too. Mm-hmm. A, because he's really good, and B, because he's my best friend. So <laughs> that's what he said, because he's my best yeah. friend. So Jimmy, not that that matters, but Devontae Adams' toe, even if he goes, he's not going to be close to 100%. Um, sure, Geronimo Allison, Marcus Valdez, Scantling. I think Jimmy Graham is not the worst play this week. No, not at all. Uh, MVS is going to be the guy that I want in cash and the guy that I'm going to be the most 
uh, overweight on in this game just because uh, he is second in target share uh, after Devontae Adams. But the thing about Jimmy Graham, he's second in red zone targets. So we get that scoring equity. I, I want a piece of this pass game with Devontae out. And it's going to be one of those situations where you could kind of uh, spread out your share, shares if you're playing mass multi-entry. This is one of only two games with uh, two teams that rank in the top 12 in neutral passing rate. So uh, there there is some potential there. Um, like I said, the Packers have been good against the pass and Aaron Rodgers hasn't been the efficient Aaron Rodgers that we expect. So um, not like a guaranteed shootout, but the potential is definitely there. And if I'm taking a side to load up on the passing game, it's going to be, at least in GPPs, the Packers, just because I think people are going to be a little bit wary about where to put their shares after MVS. So that's a good situation. I want those situations where people are nervous about it. And Graham is next up uh, in those goal line targets. So he, if anybody has the two touchdown upside besides Aaron Jones, it's Jimmy Graham. Defense, let me tell you, I'm looking at the Patriots these days. I'm looking at the Patriots as a... Um, a super value RB two. That's how I look at <laughs> yeah, it man. with, with RB one, really with RB one ceiling. Cause they've gotten to 37 and 25 FanDuel points. Okay. And their floor has been 10 and 14. So uh, don't pay up for defense. Don't play. You know what I'm doing? I'm going to pay up for defense. This is another situation. Well, Hey, listen, if they get me 10 points, then I'm screwed. It's another situation, mm-hmm. bad quarterback play, Horrible offense. Just it, it's it's just such a horrible situation. Both the Redskins tight ends are a concussion protocol with, Man. with Reed and Vernon Davis. Uh Terry McLaurin, I guess, is gonna be back this week, but they are such a disaster. And again, I, I look at the Patriots, fine. Give me I'll just slot them in as my running back too for fifty five hundred dollars. Fine. I'll take that this week. Forty three hundred on DK, fine. That's how I look at the Patriots defense now. Yeah, I mean, their floor is basically like a uh, double digit on, on either side. Like if you don't get 10 from those guys, you're you're probably going to be a little surprised. Uh, the, the don't pay up for defense uh, creed, that makes sense just because a lot of times you don't need to. A lot of times you can play matchups and get replaceable points. Uh, I... I, I should probably run the data on this, but I just don't remember a situation where week in and week out, we have multiple, like, uh, two touchdown favorites. Um, so like when, yeah, don't pay up for defense. A lot of times that's because you're paying up for quote unquote, the best defense in the league and they might be favored by six or seven. Um, but they're just the best defense in the league on paper and they're giving up the fewest points. But these Patriots, I mean, it's, it, sure, they've played it quite a few bad teams, but we keep getting them in spots where they're favored by two touchdowns. Uh, they have arguably the best pass rush in the league. They're second in adjusted sack rate. Washington, you said we don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Right now we have Colt McCoy projected on uh, four for four as the quarterback, but we just had to put a projection in there. It, <laughs> it, 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 does, it doesn't matter who it is. I don't. No one's going to make it necessarily better. Um, so I, I don't think anything changes no matter who starts at quarterback for the Redskins. Uh, they've just been, they, they've been turning the ball over. They've been giving up fantasy points. You're going to get in a really good game script with the Patriots. And, um, they are arguably the best defense in the leagues, but that's just icing on the cake. We're not chasing that. It just happens. They, they keep falling into these great spots. I mean, listen, if they end up getting 10 points, first of all, I'd be shocked. Uh, second of all, you can overcome it elsewhere. You're going to have to hit elsewhere, but that's just it. Uh, the Patriots are my defense. There are other good spots to target, I think, and I will probably be targeting 
them in tournaments as opposed to cash. I'm just playing it safe. I'm going with the Patriots. I mm-hmm. love the Titans here. Love that you brought them up. I think Paulson has them ranked third this week going against the Bills. Still questionable as to whether or not Josh Allen even plays in this game. Um, this game is in Tennessee. So the Titans defense, man, uh, they're good. And I don't know who they're facing. Maybe it is Matt Barkley. I think either way, even if it is Josh Allen, that at 4,800, it's a little pricier, but the Titans, you're right, man. This is a great spot. I really like the fact that on FanDuel, they're priced pretty much the same as the Eagles. Uh, My guess is that people are going to look at the line on the Eagles game and they'll draw twice as much ownership as the Titans. Right now we have Eagles projected for 12.5% ownership, Tennessee projected for 7.5% ownership. But again, we project in ranges, so that's really 5 to 10% and 10 to 15%. I could see a situation where we get like 6% Titans and 14% Eagles, and that makes that a really good uh, leverage spot for the Titans. And then on DraftKings, you're just getting them at a discount. Patriots 43, Eagles 37. You're getting Titans all the way down at 3,000. So you have a home favorite, uh, and this is maybe the best on paper matchup at least for uh offensive line versus defensive line the titans are a top 10 d line in terms of putting pressure on the quarterback the bills are a bottom 12 offensive line in terms of allowing pressure on the quarterback a lot of that has to do um with having a scrambling quarterback in allen he's just going to hold the ball a little bit longer and let the defense get after him but it doesn't matter how it happens if you get those pressures that's good and uh allen has the highest interception rate of starters on the slate if he can't clear concussion protocol, you get to face Matt Barkley, and I think that speaks for itself. All right, here we go. Over-under stumbles on this fantasy draft read. Um, I'm going to put it at one and a half. What do you think? Under. Really? I mean, I have been doing radio for 20 years, but this one's in my head, so let's see if I can get through it. <laughs> fantasy draft, the only rake-free daily fantasy site in the business, bringing the heat again with a $500,000 guaranteed rake-free contest, the Hooters main event with a $70,000 first place payout. It's the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere, NFL Week 5. Fantasy Draft, the only fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for limited promotional contests. So whether you call it rake or commission or management fees, the days of paying 12, 10, there's one, 10, 12, 16% of your entry fees to the house, uh uh-uh, it's over. You don't have to lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fantasydraft.com today with promo code 4 for 4 you get a seven-day free trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entries. FantasyDraft.com, promo code 4 for 4 Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. Ooh, I went under. Not bad. There you go. Knew I, I was going to d- do it at least once, though. All right, let's get into game theory. My favorite part of this, because I basically just listen to you pontificate and teach everybody everything. Um, early season regression candidates. Now we only have four games, you know, three for a couple of teams with four games, um, Mm -hmm. to talk about the sample and how that goes into figuring out these candidates. Yeah, we, so NFL season is tricky, right? Because we're only four games in. Um, so there, we still don't really, there are a lot of teams where we don't know 
how good they are, how bad they are. Uh, it's still kind of up in the air on these positional matchups. Uh, a lot of variance can happen with one or two games. But at the same time, we also should have a pretty good idea, at least on the player level, of who's getting volume, who's getting touches, who's uh, gobbling up the most yards. And that should usually uh, translate into fantasy points. And when it doesn't, that is an opportunity for us to pounce on those opportunities. This is a little bit of an extension of last week's game theory where we talked about uh, how we can target low-owned players. And, and what we talked about was chasing that uh, unrecognized or volume that, that's going ignored. And we saw it last week um, with Nick Chubb. He was in both of the Sunday Million and uh, DraftKings Millionaire winning lineups. He was near the top of the league in terms of touch share, both backfield and overall. Uh, came in sub 5% just because of, of matchup and, and being an underdog. But when you have a player that's getting a lot of yards, getting a lot of touches, um, that's going to translate into fantasy points. And a lot of times the way that happens is... We know touchdowns, um, we, we call them very unpredictable, but the, the reason we call them unpredictable is because uh, they, they don't come as regularly as we expect. Um, a, a yards per carry, a player's usually going to be on that average pretty close, even from a game-to-game -game, uh, level. Same with yards per target, yards per attempt. That's not going to vary a lot. But those touchdowns, uh, one play could obviously change it. If they go two games without scoring, but they're seeing a ton of yardage, it looks like they're not good fantasy assets. But in general, um, unless you're on just a horrible offense that isn't scoring any touchdowns, those numbers tend to regress even in the season. So when we're only four weeks into the year and uh, we haven't seen that come into fruition yet, it might be a small sample, but we have to jump on those small samples in DFS. It's, it's like I've talked about multiple times this year. You can't wait around to see something happen because once it happens, it's already gone. Everyone's going to be on it, and you missed your opportunity to capitalize on it. So what we're looking for every week, especially from like a GPP standpoint, or even if you're playing cash, uh, playing head-to-heads, you're just looking for a slight way to differentiate. We're looking for players that are seeing uh, increased workloads that are might go unnoticed like in the season-long numbers, or players that just haven't turned their usage into fantasy points. And again, that's a lot of times that's just touchdown variance. So let's get into some players here. Mm -hmm. um, workload has been increasing, parentheses, not Miles Sanders, you see. <laughs> <laughs> I, was oh. going, I was going hard on Miles Sanders the last two weeks. Uh. His touch share dropped below 40%. Um, but I, I can't say that my process was totally wrong because we did, I, I mean, I was just targeting the wrong guy in the right backfield and it ended up being, uh, Jordan Howard who went off, uh, Miles Sanders actually still had a really good game. He had almost, um, a hundred total yards. It might've been over a hundred total yards. I believe 70 on the ground. Uh, so I, I don't think the process was completely wrong there. It just happened to be Jordan Howard that, that got the scores. Um, but the, the, the ironic thing is that the week I'm off him this week can actually end up being the Miles Sanders week because this could be blowout scenario with the Eagles favored by uh, a couple of touchdowns. But that's not the point. The point is he's an example of a guy that <laughs> he's a guy that we've been looking at for like an increased workload. Um, and, and again, it's if we just look at something like season long snap rate or season long touch rate, uh, those are great numbers to know. But if we're not 
taking it in context, we can miss these players that are increasing. So the, uh, a few guys that um, specifically at running back whose workloads have been increasing. So let me just – and by the way, I probably shouldn't have read the Miles Sanders in, in – No, it's perfect. There. But and let me just say this. I'm I, still I did not, it for that. Yeah, I'm not fading him. I'm not, I'm not, not uh, this week I am, but I still think later in the season, he's going to have a nice role in this offense. So there's just so much talent there. Anyways, three guys that I know you want to talk about Joe Mixon, Devonte Freeman, David Montgomery. It's time mm-hmm. for David Montgomery to have his breakout game. This is nice. Go show everybody in a different country. How good you are. Joe Mixon <laughs> scares the hell out of me. Um, I mean, Joe Mixon, I feel like just almost has no chance by the time he gets the line of scrimmage sure. and Devonte Freeman looks old and slow, but he keeps putting yep. up points. So tell me about Mixon, Freeman, Montgomery. Sure. So, uh, I'm not just looking for, uh, players that are going to pop just because of volume. Um, I, I want them to have scoring equity and it's really nice if I could use them as leverage plays. So there are other running backs that have seen their Workloads increase uh, week in and week out, um, but I want to check as many boxes as possible, and then when I can get all those things and get the volume plus the low ownership, that's really uh, the sweet spot, and that's where we see those Nick Chubb games pop. So Joe Mixon, uh, he has seen his touches increase in each game this year, uh, 8, 14, 17, and 19. Uh, 19 touches in a game they were getting blown out in last week. So that's encouraging despite this fact that this is a offense that's going to be one of the po- most pass-heavy in the league, um, and the offensive line isn't great. This game, the Cardinals and the Bengals, is one where people are going to be looking to uh, their passing offenses, and this is a leverage spot off a high-on passing game. This offense still has no running back rushing touchdowns Our only rushing touchdowns come from Andy Dalton. And uh, if this game goes as expected, then what you want for scoring opportunities is an efficient passing game. So if it goes back and forth, the Bengals can move the ball through the air against the Cardinals. Then you're going to have a lot of red zone opportunities, a lot of scoring opportunities. And that's where the variance comes in. Uh, Joe Mix gets a couple goal line carries. All of a sudden he has a two touchdown game, 20 touches. You have a GPP winner. On the other side, Cincinnati now with John Ross out, they're down two of their top three wide receivers. So they started the season without AJ Green. Now they're out John Ross. And a lot of people are going to like Auden Tate. Uh, is it Auden or Auden? I'm going to go Auden. I, okay, I, Auden Tate. Auden yeah. Tate. Uh, he had six targets and a touchdown last week, but you're still like getting really deep in your wide receiver depth chart. So to alleviate some of that, like it's possible that they give Mixon a little bit more of a workload. We saw him five targets in two of the last three games, so he is getting some usage in the passing game. And as bad as the offensive line has been, if he's getting that volume and you have a leverage spot, I I think it's an interesting spot to do it. So David Montgomery really is interesting. Mm -hmm. Devontae Freeman, interesting as well. So so Freeman basically in the same situation. And then David Montgomery – He's starting to see the field a little bit more now. Yeah. I won't uh, touch on Freeman too much. Uh, I'll, I'll list his touches real quick. 11, 14, 19, 20. That's in order uh, of weeks one through four. But really, it's just a similar situation to Joe Mixon in that it's going to be a game where it's going to be high ownership on both of the passing games. I don't think anybody's going to like either of the rushing attacks, especially with the uh, Falcons as big uh underdogs but 
four targets in every game for Devontae Freeman, nine targets last game. Um, again, 20 touch upside at low ownership. That is something that you should at least throw a couple darts at. David Montgomery is a fun one. Um, his backfield share has increased a lot. In the first week of the season, he only saw 27% of the backfield touches, went up to 68% week two, 70% week three, and then 77% of the backfield touches in week four. The Bears are the favorite, quote-unquote, in Oakland. They're not playing in Oakland. Oakland is the home team. Um, It's a neutral site. Uh, But the Bears, they're playing with a backup quarterback now in Chase Daniels. So this was already a passing offense that has been very inefficient with their starter. Uh, Chase Daniel might end up being getting some traction as a cash game play, especially on DraftKings where he's priced way down against a really bad Oakland secondary. But again, Oakland really hasn't been tested in the running game. Uh, first two weeks, they got torched through the air. Week three, the Vikings decided they wanted Dalvin Cook to run, and Dalvin Cook ran last week. Um, the Colts just kind of got game scripted out of running, and then Marlon Mack got hurt. So we didn't get to see the Marlon Mack game that we expected. I think David Montgomery has the Marlon Mack game that we expected last week. Well, here's the other thing, too. Matt Nagy was saying after week one, he said, just be patient because he's a mm-hmm. young guy and we want to get him out there. We want to get a feel. But it looks like it's morphing into his backfield. The only other thing I'll say, and this doesn't have to do with uh, with rushing, but um, you had Chase Daniel kind of locking in on Tariq Cohen in the passing game. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen scored a touchdown. He didn't have a monster day points-wise, but it is something to keep in mind if you're looking at that on GPPs in uh, DraftKings. Absolutely. Touchdown regression. Yep. So, um, I mean, just get get into it here. I'm going to let you run with touchdown regression. It's a negative thing, and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one, thing, one thing that I do every year is I go over a metric called red zone expected value, which takes a look at uh, where players are getting their touches inside the red zone and gives them like a an actual touchdown expectation compared to just red zone touches it's still a little bit early in the season for that we still have like single digit targets for the leaders um in the red zone and there aren't a lot of of uh running backs with a ton of red zone opportunities yet but we can still look for these players that uh are outperforming their actual touchdown scores and a, a quick way to do that is just to look at yards per touchdown so pretty much every year um the numbers are going to settle that at each position for each stat you you can have a a rough average of how many yards per touchdown for the position and a lot of times except for a couple outliers most players are going to fall like in a rough like one or two standard deviations uh in that number so Without like a big target or rush sample near the goal line, we could look at that since we're only a quarter of way through the season and get an idea of uh, some of these guys. And uh, I mean, if if you're listening to this and and this is something you want to keep doing throughout the season, what you really need to do is get familiar with a site like Pro Football Reference that has all these league wide and player wide numbers and just like get a little bit of of uh comfort in microsoft excel or a similar uh spreadsheet program and you could bang out these numbers and like like i get these numbers in like five minutes um so if you're comfortable with that you can start finding all of these like regression numbers that i'm talking about in these theory segments really quickly so uh, i'll just jump into quarterbacks real quick and 
point out a couple guys that I uh, I think are notable for this week. If you want to get a full list of these plays, you can go on 4 for 4 and look at TJ's takes, which is the weekly recap, and I have all of these players listed as regression candidates. Uh, but at quarterback, so far we've seen a touchdown for every 166 passing yards. Mm-hmm. Two guys that really stand out uh, this week are Kyler Murray and Kirk Cousins. Kyler Murray has four passing touchdowns. Um, but almost 1,100 yards, so about uh, 270 yards per touchdown, and he hasn't had that big, big blow-up game yet. So his yardage total suggests that uh, he is liable to have one of these big games. And in this back-and-forth passing with uh, the Bengals and the Cardinals, both really high-pass volume teams, this could be it. And then Kirk Cousins, I kind of already talked about him, uh, squeaky wheel situation with Adam Thielen against this bad giant secondary. He has 735 yards um, and three touchdowns, but that's only 245 yards per touchdown, quite uh, a bit above the league average. So if the Vikings come out and decide to throw a little bit more than usual, Cousins is a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he has a 300 and two game this week. Yeah, you're not the only one. Um, you know who else? Chris Allen, who works with us, he's like this. You got to stream this guy this week. And I think what you're hoping like for is that Cousins in in the offense are just like, okay, we heard what Adam Thielen had to say. Let's just air it out. Sure. Now I don't know where the hell. Stefan Diggs is because he's not practicing as we're sitting here on Wednesday night taping the show. But, you know, that's a little concerning. Uh, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Alvin Kamara, I think we've expected a little bit more out of him. Carlos Hyde, we haven't expected anything about him. Mm-hmm. What about these two guys? Uh, running backs are averaging a touchdown every 135 rushing yards this year. Uh, Kamara has only one on 280 rushing yards. That doesn't include his, uh, passing down work, but I just like Kamara in this spot because he's facing a Tampa Bay defense that they're, they're top in running back, uh, defense in terms of schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed. His pricing lets him be a pivot off of Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook, who I think are going to draw way higher ownership. I, I think Zeke will probably be in, over 30% of lineups and mm. GPPs uh, and cash games, that number will probably be above 50%. Dalvin Cook, probably like a 20-40 uh, ownership split between GPPs and cash games. Kamara, I could see him being in under 15% of lineups. So if you have, especially coming off of a, a, just a down offensive week all the way around for the Saints last week against the Cowboys um, on national television. So all of that should contribute to a uh, pretty low ownership. But if you consider his workload, uh, like I talked about with the aforementioned running backs, you're getting that low ownership, big workload, and he hasn't capitalized or turned his yardage into touchdown totals. Um, again, if if the Saints can get Teddy Bridgewater to carve up this Tampa Bay secondary like a lot of other teams have been able to do, then even if Kamara can't dominate on the ground, he's going to get usage in the passing game, and that should mean uh, more plays closer to the goal line. Carlos Hyde, I already talked about the other running back in this game, Devontae Freeman, um, because Freeman's work has been going up. Carlos Hyde has 250 yards on the ground, only one touchdown. Uh, so an average that's well above the 135 yards per touchdown that we've seen so far this year. Again, uh, you might like Hyde a little bit more than Freeman because Houston is the big home favorite. And this is a really big leverage off of both passing games. Um, cause Hyde is a player. I think people are just generally going to be averse to because of the name. Um, but if he's getting work in a positive game script, that's an interesting leverage play. Not when I'm going to like stake all of my GPP equity on, but if I do decide that I'm uh, really heavy on game stacks here. It would make sense to have at least a handful of lineups where I throw Hyden instead of the passing games. 
That is fascinating. Uh, that will be a very low on play too. Mm-hmm. So best of luck to you, my friend. <laughs> Come back next week and tell me you won a million dollars. Thanks to Carlos Hyde <laughs> and we will party. Uh, but everything's on you wide receivers. Let's do this, man. Michael Thomas, loving a little Michael Thomas this week. Um, let's get him in the end zone. You know, t- we didn't bring up Teddy Bridgewater either. I mean, if you really want to pay down on DraftKings, you go Teddy. If you think the game's going to go one way, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, Edelman's been a little banged up. Uh, Josh Gordon says, you know, the season's been hard on him so far, just trying to, you know, focus in mentally and then physically, you know, he hasn't played this much, um, in a long, long time, but those two guys, I'll start with the two guys from the Patriots and get to Michael Thomas. I mean, we talked about Brady having a high floor average, uh, not averaging, but three games with at least 20 FanDuel points. Uh, and that high floor hasn't benefited his two best, hasn't benefited his two best players, Julian Edelman and Josh Gordon. Edelman with 226 yards on the year, but only one touchdown. Gordon, uh, 221 yards on the year and only one touchdown. So, I mean, there's not a lot of wide receivers in the game that are going to average over 50 yards a game. Those numbers aren't going to pop, but those are really good numbers. Uh, wide receivers are averaging a touchdown every 164 yards per game. So in the spot with Brady against the secondary, uh, it's it's really a situation where Edelman or Gordon or both are really liable to pop just because they are getting the work. They are accruing those yards. They just haven't uh, been on the right side of, of touchdown variance. And it's still early, but uh, I mean, it's it's slanting towards them being on the wrong side of it. Michael Thomas. 361 yards on the season, only one touchdown. So like almost double the average of yards per touchdown. He's the only wide receiver with a 25% target share in every game and kind of similar to Kamara just coming off of a, a really down week for this entire offense. Uh, I think the, uh, the public just might be a little bit cold on it and I expect the public to be a little bit high on Tampa Bay just because they had the big game last week. Uh, Mike Evans and, and, uh, Godwin keep trading big games. So a really great GPP strategy is to find uh, offense that people are high on, especially a passing game and take the correlation play. And Saints could be that play this week. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, going over to tight end. Yeah, my dummy lineups are in there, especially on DraftKings. I'm playing a lot more cash on DraftKings this year just because I'm more successful at it. And Darren Waller, every week I just pop him in. Um, I think he's 5K over there. Now... He's somebody that I feel very comfortable with. Uh, he's going up against the Chicago defense, at least from, you know, if you look at it, oh, Chicago has the best defense in the NFL, or maybe it's the Patriots, but they're right there with them. But there is a wrinkle to that. And then the aforementioned Zach Ertz. Yeah, the, the wrinkle is Chicago ranks um, in the bottom six if we adjust for strength of schedule against tight ends. Waller already has 320 yards on the season but hasn't scored a touchdown. Tight ends are averaging a touchdown every 141 yards this year. Uh, so he's going to get the volume. Chicago's weak spot has been against tight end. Uh, I think Tyrell Williams came up with a, a midweek injury. I, I don't remember the details on that, but if that ends up uh, hobbling him or limiting him, obviously Waller could be in for an even bigger role. I already talked up Ertz as a core play, um, but touchdown regression candidate, 255 yards on the season, still hasn't scored a touchdown. Uh, really good spot to do it in a positive game script against the Jets. All right. I think we went over everything, didn't we? I believe so. Good job, man. Make sure you sign up now with code DFSMVP. You get 25% off the 4 for 4 DFS sub only. That's Mm -hmm. not bad. Tell them about the rate review again. 
Uh, well, before we get there, uh, we did drop the price of the sub down to $99. Ooh. So you're getting 25% off of a $99 sub uh, down from $149. So that's a really big discount. You still got three quarters of the season plus playoffs left. So you're getting a ton of bang for your buck there. Uh, if you leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, you'll automatically be entered to win a free four for four comfy t-shirt like our man jesus uh and (laughs) and if you if you like what we do and want to hear more of us or or read a bunch of my uh stats or look at my graphs or get holden to twenty thousand followers you can do so uh holden at holden radio on twitter you can find me at tj hernandez and uh that pretty much wraps it up we'll talk to you guys in week six that's your heartbeat it either caught me or it caught me Mm -hmm. breathe slow and you'll find Gold mines in these lines Sincerely, you're truly And right before you go blind P.S. You can get it, you can get it You can get it, you can get it And I know just, know just